Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, you know that I love IncanIvyCollective.com and they have been my podcast sponsor for the last few weeks. This week, I am very excited to announce that you can save 15% off their whole website using the code CHERRY. You can find the direct link to their website in my show notes. And if you want amazing female tattoo artists art on super comfy, super cute clothes, I've been living in my little hoodie for the last week. Definitely check them out. Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Unconventional Gal, Forging Your Own Path, with me, your host, Cherry Dollface. Sorry for the little bit of break over the holiday. I know I posted a episode last week with my mom and my sister that we had recorded during Christmas, and I have been a little bit MIA. The holidays were a little wacky and you know, mental health and all of that. So if you guys have been following me on social media, you've seen what's been going on, but I just had a a little downswing and I'm trying to get back into the upswing of things. So here I am back and ready for action. So happy new year to everybody. This is my first official podcast I am recording in the new year. I know you've, you guys have listened to a few of them in the new year, but I'm feeling good. I'm feeling positive. I feel like 2021 is going to be good. I hope. I'm not going to put too much stock into it because I thought 2020 was going to be my year. And uh, well, it wasn't so much. So before we get started on my topic today, my topic today is falling in love quickly after a breakup or a divorce. But before that, I'm very excited, very excited, you guys, because, well, I'm equal parts excited and sad because I finally got two submissions for Cherry's confessional. Yes, I finally got two submissions and I somehow deleted one of them. It was an anonymous text and I thought I had saved it in my text messages. I've been having a really weird time with my text messages lately and things are coming through and not giving me alerts and things were marking themselves as red and all sorts of tomfoolery was happening. So I think in that mess, I lost one of them. Somebody sent this, I think they sent it sometime in December, maybe even late November, and I had saved it and I had forgotten about it and then I lost it. So if you had sent me a Cherry's confessional text, please resend it if it is not this one I am about to read. So here we go. For Cherry's confessional, my only regret is from years ago when I was young and dumb. I had this friend that was cheating on her boyfriend. He was so sweet and supportive. She treated him like a doormat. It was a tricky situation because I wanted to tell him, but she was my friend. She turned out to be a horrible friend to our group. You're shocked, I'm sure. I lost contact with him and saw him again recently. It all came back. It's way in the past, but I think about it every time I see him. Just gotta forgive myself for not telling him. So there you go. See, I told you Cherry's confessional did not have to be like murdering somebody or committing crimes. Although it could, could be that. Maybe not murder. Please don't tell me if you murder anyone. She actually sent me a text after I thanked her for her... I, I assume it was a she. I don't know. It might be a guy. They sent me a text after... I had thanked them and just said that it felt very cathartic to tell someone their deep, dark secret. So that is what I'm hoping by doing these Cherry's confessionals is that it gives people sort of like a release to just like let out the demons. 
So if you have something to submit to Cherry's confessional, a deep, dark secret, embarrassing moment, something you would never tell anyone or never want anyone to know, but I can tell everyone on air because your name is not attached. You can either email or social media me your submissions, but if you want it to be anonymous from me as well, you can text me. My number is 818-640-7188. It is in the show notes as well. There you go. If you want to submit, please do, and I will read them on future episodes. Okay, so today, like I said, my main segment is all about falling in love quickly after a breakup, which this is something that I have experience with. For those of you that follow me and you know my love story with James, James and I came about, I guess, in a way that appeared soon to the people that follow me because they didn't know what was going on behind the scenes. And I think that is kind of the the general consensus when people move on quickly is that it's a perception that the move is quick, but it's not necessarily the truth of what happened. And I had somebody suggest doing this uh, topic and I thought it was a really good, interesting idea. My story is James and I had been friends for many years when I was with somebody else. And um, and I were just friends. We didn't know each other super well for many years. We were just kind of like in the same circle of friends. And then when my marriage started to fall apart and separation happened and all of that happened, James was just one of those friends that just like really stepped up. He just was fun. And he took me out to go dancing and take my mind off of stuff. And he never pressured me to talk about stuff. But if I needed to vent, he was always there. He was just like a really, really, really good stand-up friend. When I was separated, it was Easter and I had a really, really hard day. So he called me and was like, hey, just come over. Let's order Thai food and watch movies. So I literally like brushed my teeth. I was still in my pajamas. Went over to his house, watched movies, cried. If I cried, he would like just come sit by me and put his arm around me. We ate Thai food. We talk about it now. It was like the beginning of when we were falling in love, but we didn't know we were even falling in love yet. It was just that magic connection you feel with another human being. So there was just a lot of that. It was just a lot of him really being there. And, you know, through all of this, there was a lot that I guess my friends and family and just the public in general, you know, didn't know, didn't know I was separated for as long as I was, didn't know, you know, for how long my relationship was guess in turmoil so yeah when I posted my first picture of me and James like romantically on Instagram it seemed like it was really soon but for me it felt like such a slow process and also because I had already known him and we'd already been friends for so long it wasn't like I met some guy on you know April 1st and by April 30th I was madly in love it was like no I had met this guy years and years before and we had had many conversations he also has mental health issues and we had had so many conversations getting to know each other and the ins and outs of each other as humans. So it to me, it didn't seem like it was fast, but to everybody else, it seemed like it was fast. And yeah, you could say that I went maybe from one relationship to another without having a big break in the middle, but I also don't necessarily think that you need a big break in the middle. I think this is something that is told to us as like a standard or a convention Um, in society that there needs to be some sort of pause in between relationships. I think it depends on how you grieve. If you're still heavily grieving when you get into a relationship, that sometimes cannot be the healthiest. But if you spent a lot of time grieving while you're still in a relationship, I think that you could be just as ready to be in a new relationship than if you spent a lot of time grieving after the relationship. So, you know, I think that there's something to be said for both ways. I think it depends on the person. I think some people jump from relationship to relationship just to like 
not deal with their own stuff or not figure out who they are as a human being. And I don't necessarily think that that is the healthiest thing. But I also think that we shouldn't put judgments on people moving too fast for our own comfort because it's not our life to live. What exactly is an appropriate time to wait after a relationship? I mean, I just kind of went over this. There's that old adage, like it takes you half the amount of time you were together to get over the relationship, which I think is so stupid. I was in a relationship for 10 years. It is not taking me five years to get over it. I'm over three years out right now and I am like well beyond over it. So I think maybe that makes more sense when you're younger and you have shorter relationships. So maybe if it's like your first love, you were together for a year. Okay, maybe it might take you six months to like get over it and grieve it. That makes more sense to me. I also think that the amount of time it takes to be ready to date another person varies depending on your age and your maturity and also like your own issues. If you have like major daddy issues or major codependency issues or attachment issues or that kind of thing, maybe you need more time because you are also dealing with those other issues. So I don't think that there is like an appropriate time to wait. The appropriate time is all about other people's comfort. And for me, I don't give a shit about other people's comfort. I'm living my own life. I have one life to live. And also like who makes these rules? Because that's the thing is like, you know, they always say, well, they say you need to wait. I just said they say they say that didn't make any sense. That was like a double negative. So many people are saying things. And who are these people? Who are they anyway? That's kind of my point, though, is who are they? Who is it saying that you need to wait X amount of time in between relationships? Because there's no mental health professionals that are saying this or putting a date or a timestamp on this. There's no real professionals at all. I don't even think relationship experts would put X amount of time as the appropriate time to wait or that you have to wait in between relationships. I think that's one major thing. And I get these emails all the time, especially once I started dating James. I think a lot of my followers saw that like, oh, they could kind of relate with what was going on with me. So I got a lot of messages asking me questions about, you know, I'm in a bad relationship. How do you know when it's over? Or I'm in a bad relationship, but I'm also like just met this other person that's great but I don't think I should date so fast or I just broke up and I just met this person that's great, but I don't think I should date so fast. My perspective on it is even if you move quickly and it doesn't work, you still learn something. But if you move quickly and it does work, if I had have been like, you know what? No, I don't want people to judge me. I don't want people to think I was cheating because, you know, James and I were friends and especially in our friend group, people knew that we had been hanging out. And I knew that when I came out and said we were together, I knew that would be the instant assumption was that that was what ended my marriage or that I was cheating or I was doing something nefarious, which I absolutely wasn't. But also, I didn't want to let the fear of people's judgments get in the way of a potential amazing relationship. And here I am almost three years later, and I am the happiest I have ever been ever, ever in a relationship. I am with the 100% perfect right person for me that makes me happy every single day. I literally wake up every single morning and roll over and look at his snoring, beardy, open mouth, catching flies, silly man face sleeping. And I say to myself every morning, like, I love you so fucking much. And if I had of based my relationship or my timeline on the way people were going to judge me, I wouldn't have that. And who knows, like he would might have met someone the next month and 
you know, they might have done their thing. And then, you know, there's always those stories you hear of like, oh, the one that got away or we just never got to date because the time was never right. Like, I, I can't imagine if James had have been that for me. Well, I guess I would, ne- would never have known because we never would have dated. But here, hindsight is knowing that if I had have let people's judgments hold me back, I would have missed out on something that was potentially amazing. Also, if he hadn't have been the one, then he wouldn't have been the one. When I was married the first time, I actually started dating somebody very quickly, somebody that actually lived in LA when I lived in Portland. So that was a little bit different because we weren't in the same city. So even though we started, quote unquote, dating quickly, we were kind of dating long distance. So it still gave me time to like grieve and do those things that you're supposed to do after a marriage. But I think a lot of the reason that I started dating him or that I jumped into something really quickly was that my ex just wasn't very nice to me. And this new guy was super nice to me. And I mistook that for, you know, chemistry or thinking that I was in love or like whatever it was because I was so damaged at that point. And then when we actually started dating, it only lasted a couple months and it didn't work out and say la vie. And I didn't lose anything. I didn't miss out on anything. So I've had both situations. I've had the guy that didn't work out and I've had the guy that worked out magnificently. And I would say in both situations, I regret nothing about moving on quickly. But also I think too, the older you get, the more you know yourself and your wants and your needs. For me, when I moved on quickly, when I was, how old was I? 25, 24, 25. I didn't really know myself yet. I didn't really know my issues. I hadn't been to therapy. There were a lot of things I didn't know about myself. So in that case, I moved on quickly in a more unhealthy way and it didn't work and it fell apart, whatever. But with James, I was 36. I think it was 36. So it it was about a 10 year difference. And I had already experienced so much of life and I was in therapy and I actually used therapy to figure out how to move on in a healthy way and how to grieve as I was falling in love with someone And how to do that all in a way that was healthy for myself. James and I started dating like in the spring. And then I think he moved in maybe like October 1st. And everyone was like, not only did they think that I had moved on fast, but that he was moving in too fast and it was all moving too fast. But the thing is, is once you're at a certain age, like him and I both had talked about it. We had already done all the stuff like we had already sowed our wild oats and, you know, messed around here and there and had relationships and learned from those relationships. And so once you've learned all of those lessons and you really know what you want and what you don't want, you really know when you find the person that's the person. And that just happened to be right for us. And, you know, I also know conversely, there's people that do it really quickly, move on really quickly, move in really quickly, get married really quickly, have babies really quickly, do all that. And it falls apart. But I do think that in general, the older you get, the more you know when you move on quickly. Like you see like 80 year olds that start dating each other and they get married after like two weeks. More power to them. 80 year olds need love too. But also I feel like when you're 80, you just know. And what's the problem? So really my moral of the story when it comes to moving on quickly is that you're the one that has to live your life and other people's opinions don't matter. And yeah, you might make mistakes, but those are your mistakes to make. And even if you make mistakes, learn from them. People always ask me, it's one thing I get asked probably most frequently. People ask if I have any regrets. And it could be if it's related to a specific topic like tattoos or life stuff or getting married, whatever. I don't have any regrets. I don't have a single regret in my life. I've made mistakes. I've done things that have put me on difficult paths. I've hurt people. I've let people hurt me. But 
I learned from all of those things. And yeah, even though I feel bad and I feel sorry for things I've done that might have hurt people, and I also feel some negative feelings for people hurting me, I still feel that all of those things brought me to where I am here. So I can't regret anything because where I'm at now is really awesome. And if one little thing had have happened differently, like I've talked about the butterfly effect before on the show, if one little thing had have happened differently in my past, I might not be exactly where I am right now. And yeah, I still struggle and life still has its moments and I still have depression, but in general, I am happy and I wouldn't change anything. So no, I don't have regrets. I live my life for me and not for anybody else. And yeah, you know, it is hard. It's hard because we're humans and we do listen to other people and other people's opinions do matter to us at a certain level. But I think that's just one thing is like growing as a human being is to mute those voices a little bit more or to learn to listen to the voices that really matter to you. Like if I really need an opinion on something, I ask my mom or my sister or my best friends or James. I love all of you guys. I love everybody that follows me. I love the feedback. I love the positive words. But your guys' opinions on my life don't matter. I don't really know any of you guys. You are all strangers, just as my opinion on your life doesn't matter. If you ask me a question and I give you advice you don't like, I'm still a stranger to you and you don't have to take it. So just especially people that live their lives publicly, live their lives on social media, or you know have a really big circle of friends, quote unquote, that really are only acquaintances. Don't let people's judgments skew how you want to live your life. So before we do some stories and questions, I just want to thank everybody that has left a review for my podcast. I actually haven't had a review since December 9th, 2020, which was last year. It's been over a month, you guys. It's very, very sad. I love reading your reviews. I open my little Apple podcast app every morning and every morning my heart sinks a little bit. I am very happy. Don't get me wrong. I have five stars and that makes me so happy, but I still like reading your reviews. So uh, I know you guys know I've said it in my previous podcast, but if you do leave a review and you would like a little thank you from me, I'm happy to send you a cute little vintage handwritten postcard just thanking you. So if you leave a review and you want a postcard, just email me a screenshot of the postcard nope, not the postcard. I'm the one sending you a postcard. Email me a screenshot of your review and then just send me your mailing address and I will pop a little postcard in the mail for you. My email is theonlysherrydollface at gmail.com. It is in the show notes. Also in the show notes below are all of my contributors. So anybody that has contributed your social media name or handle are in the show notes. If you want to contribute to a future podcast, if you have a story or a question, please follow me on my socials. I am at the Cherry Doll Face on all of my socials. Also, anybody that wants to follow my skincare business, I am at Skin by Cherokee. And um, I'm really excited because I'm actually learning cosmetic tattooing right now and I'm I'm underway for opening for, for business with doing that. So if you are in the LA area and are interested in that, follow me on Instagram or Facebook. Also, skinbycherokee.com. That was a lot of plugs. I apologize, my friends. But let's get to some stories. So first story is by Chris Sue Kirsty Ann. Also, let me tell you, holy Moses, when I posted on Facebook for stories about moving on quickly, like I'm still getting them. And I think I posted like a week ago. So this was really difficult to narrow down. Kirsty Ann says, I was friends with my now boyfriend for over 
three years. We had a moment where I realized I no longer really had feelings slash loved my then husband. In my heart, I knew I had to choose. And for once, I chose to be happy. My ex ended it before I even had the chance to talk to him. Within a month, there were divorce papers. This is now almost two years ago. I've been with my boyfriend since the day I chose him over an unhappy marriage. And I've never been happier. We, we both know we are end game. Talk about kids and saving to buy a house. I never really wanted it all before. Sometimes it's not you. It's who you're with. And that's the thing, too, is sometimes it takes a new person to come into your life to make you realize that the person you're with is not the right person. So this has happened to me before. I think everything is okay with the person I'm with. And then I meet a new person who I'm like, oh, wow, he doesn't yell at me and he doesn't make me feel bad for this thing. And he doesn't like he likes that I do these things and he doesn't think I'm super slutty because I'm, you know, a pinup model on the Internet. You know, all those little things. And it's not even necessarily that I'm interested in the new person. It's just talking to the new person makes me realize those things in the person that you're with, the things that you're not really compatible. So I think that that can be useful in a way as well, because sometimes we we go through life with horse blinders on, I think. And I think it's a human need to feel comfort and to feel safe and routine and that sometimes extends to relationships where you're maybe not in the best or most healthy relationship or maybe your relationship is fine I've had that too or my relationship was fine but I just wasn't like happy my thought on it is if you don't wake up every single day deliriously happy with the person you're with even if something they're doing annoys you or whatever but if you don't get that i fucking love you every morning when you wake up you're not with the right person you just aren't all right amber barrett says this happened to me had been in an abusive marriage for almost 12 years no one knew what happened behind closed doors because i put on a happy face when others were around when I finally had enough of the lies, cheating, and abuse, I left him and was utterly alone because no one believed me about how awful he was. I had a male friend I turned to and we hit it off. Every time I posted about being happy or having a good time with him, my aunt, who has a master's degree in psychology, would post too soon or something to that effect. I finally had enough and I told her that for me it wasn't, not after all I had been through. We haven't talked since. You know, people might want to judge, but people that want to judge aren't really there for you. They're not judging for you. They're judging to make themselves feel better in whatever part of their life that they're unhappy in. And I have to say, yeah, I definitely lost friends when I started dating James. I lost some friends that were male friends that were jealous for some weird reason. Like they thought that it was like a, just a roulette of like, oh, I'm single now. I'm going to pick one of my guy friends and I just happened to not pick them. I also had friends that, you know, took the side of the other party, which just happens in when relationships end. And I also definitely had friends that just like never asked me what was going on and just kind of disappeared. So that'll happen. People will want to judge. It is human nature. But that's the other thing too, like Amber was saying, is that people don't know what's happening behind closed doors. They don't know how long that relationship has actually been over that you've been in that relationship. And that's one thing, you know, that I've experienced is feeling like a relationship is doomed for a long, long time. And especially for someone like me, that's a very public person. I don't share that stuff publicly. I'm not going to share like my relationship is falling apart, obviously, especially if it's something that you feel like I'm going to make it work. I'm going to make it work. Like you keep thinking that it's going to work and in your heart, you know that it's not. And so that alone can 
start the grieving process long before the relationship is over. And you hear it a lot when people are like, oh, all I felt when we ended it was relief. That means you've already grieved. If you feel relief when it's done, that's how I felt when I got my divorce papers. Like there was a little bit of sadness of like the failure of something I thought was going to work. But when I got the divorce papers, it was just like, oh, okay, it's done. Like I can move on with my life. Audrey Lesage says, we started dating a month after I broke up with my ex. Two months before that, I had a diagnosis of bipolar disorder. I wasn't in the best place when I met him and he knew. I moved in with him a month after we started dating because I had no place to live. He stayed and has been there for me for the last 12 years. We also have two wonderful sons together. You know when you know. So yeah, I mean, on paper, that sounds like a horrible idea. And I'm sure any of her friends that have known what she was going through would probably tell her. I probably would have told her. But I'm also the friend that even if I see my friends making decisions that could potentially be bad, I feel like I tell them my opinion and my perspective. And like I said, my opinion is my opinion and nobody needs to take it for gospel. But I also feel like as a good friend, you tell your friends when you see something that could potentially hurt them because you love your friends and care for your friends and you don't want them to be hurt. So I'm hoping that her friends did tell her like, "Ooh, this could be bad. And then she did it anyways because she's her own human and she followed her heart. And here she is 12 years later and she's super happy. So, you know, that could have been a really terrible situation, but it turned out to be really awesome. So there you go. I've said so. I wonder if I had like a so counter how many times, you know, I actually edit out a lot of my so's in between segments. I go, so let's take some questions. And I usually edit the so out. So all you hear is let's take some questions. (laughs) so anyway (laughs) next story is from antonia marie lawrence rutherford that is a name i moved on super fast when my husband and i split but it was what i needed at the time the new relationship blew itself to bits but i wouldn't change it i learned so much about grief etc through that experience so that just goes back (laughs) there's me with the so's again no now you guys are going to hear when i say the so when you probably wouldn't have otherwise i'm a dumb jerk and i point out my own nonsense But anyway, that just kind of goes along with what I was saying. Yeah, you might be moving on too fast, but if you're moving on too fast, it means that you're not with the right person anyway, and it's going to run its course anyway. So who cares? Let's take some questions. First question is from Jen Jen Rivers. Moving on after divorce. Oh, this is okay. So some of these are phrased oddly, but they are questions. So her question is about moving on after divorce. It's been four years and I still don't feel ready to jump into anything. I mean, I guess that's kind of the opposite spectrum of feeling like you want to jump in something really fast to save you from the feelings and the grief. And then the other side of that is fear of those feelings and the grief. I think a lot of the time people wait a long time after a relationship. It's because they've been hurt and they're afraid of feeling that hurt again. And they're afraid of rejection and they're afraid of, you know, all the things that go along with a relationship ending. I, you know, I don't know if that's your, the case for you, Jen Jen. But I suspect that it is. And I don't think you necessarily have to jump into anything. I don't think you have to meet someone tomorrow and decide that that's the person you're going to move in with on Tuesday. But I also think that it's important if you feel like you need it in your life. If you if you don't feel like you need companionship, by all means, like, don't. I dated a guy once that had an uncle. Actually, I've dated a couple of guys that have had the same uncle that, like, never married I never saw them date or bring anyone around for holidays. They were just like single dudes and that's how they liked it. So if you want to be that single dude, single dudette, 
there's nothing wrong with that. But if you do feel like you want companionship and you're just scared about the relationship part, just start slow. Hang out in groups of friends. Ask your girlfriends to bring some guy friends around. Just like start mingling and see what happens. Join some dating apps. Why not? If you are a frisky type, like go hook up with a couple dudes that you're never going to see again. Just get yourself out there again. It's not that scary, I promise. At PC Lisi, PC underscore Lisi underscore, says, what do you do with the physical memories after a breakup? Pictures, gifts, etc. This one's actually interesting because I was just having this conversation with some girlfriends. I don't remember why this conversation started. I think maybe one of them found like a box of girlfriend stuff or boyfriend found a box of her boyfriend stuff. I don't know. Either way, regardless, after I had this conversation with my girlfriends, I had the conversation with James to find out his perspective on it. So for me, I was always a really sentimental person, especially when I was younger. And like when I was in high school, like my high school boyfriend, I held on to every single letter, every flower he gave me, every like ticket from homecoming, all that stuff. So I had a big box of stuff. Well, when I got married the first time, my ex was a very jealous person and he made me get rid of everything. He made me throw it all away, which was like, okay, fine, whatever. But it's funny now looking back, I'm like, man, like these memories from 20 years ago, it might be kind of cool to read through some of those letters. But at the same time, it doesn't affect my life at all that I don't have them. So I don't really regret throwing any of that stuff away. And I don't keep anything like when I ended my last relationship, I got rid of everything. Not pictures, but I mean, pictures are all online now. So I deleted everything off my phone. You know, I think when you're going through a breakup, it's easier to not see the other person's face. It just saves you from pain and memories and helps you to move on. I am definitely of the mind of once you break up, that person should be out of your life. Even if maybe way down the road, you can be friends again. I don't think you can go from being in a relationship to being friends immediately. That's my personal perspective. I think it's easy to fall into a friendship because you've already been friends being in a relationship, but the problem comes when one of you starts dating and there's always going to be that problem. So I think a clean break is good, especially usually if you break up, one person wanted it more than the other. And so yeah, let's stay friends. Like, I'm going to break up with you, but I still want to be friends. That means that you're just going to lead the guy along that still has feelings for you. So I'm just of the mind of like getting rid of all of that stuff is healthier and better. That being said, James, he had a girlfriend in high school and he had like kind of a rough time in his adolescence. And so she would write him letters. They lived long distance for a while. And she would write him these letters that were these like sweet, great letters that helped his morale and helped him, you know, get through really hard stuff. So he kept those letters because they meant a lot to him. And me, his girlfriend now, whatever, 20 years later, I don't find that as being threatening. I don't, I don't think he's going to like go try to find his long lost girlfriend because he's still madly in love with her. I see those as just like mementos of a time that has passed. I don't know. I think that there's there's two sides to the story. And I think things people feel differently on both sides. I think it's one thing if it's a few mementos here and there. I think it's another thing if you have a refrigerator sized box full of every memory from every ex-boyfriend you've ever had, or even, a, you know, a sizable box of just one boyfriend that you had. There's at some point you just have to like let go. And I think also too, you have to keep in mind on the next person you're going to date and how they're going to feel about that. If you have all these romantic mementos, dried flowers, or the first gift he ever gave me, I think that that can be hurtful to the next person. So I think you just have to figure out what's right for you. All right. At sauce underscore direct. I hope I pronounced that right. 
said, a few years ago, my ex moved country to stay with me. I broke up with him because I had fallen in love with my current partner. Although my friends and family were supportive of my feelings and decision, I still faced many comments where they thought I had won the breakup and didn't really understand or believe that I too was grieving a loss and a breakup. They just assumed that because he was the one who had to move, he got dumped and I had a new partner and a place to stay. I didn't really have any reason to be sad. It also made me feel guilty whenever I felt happy and in love with my new partner. How do you balance and cope the sadness of a breakup and being content in your decision to move on? I still find it hard from time to time to allow myself to feel the love that my partner gives me because I hurt someone else in the process. Girl or boy person. <laughs> this speaks to my heart so hard. I feel this so hard. It's hard. It's hard when you move on fast or, you know, people's perception of fast. You never want to hurt the last person that you are with. Even if they were a terrible person, I just would hope that you wouldn't want to make another human hurt. And I think there is that perception that if you're the one that ended it, then you're the one that asked for it and you're not allowed to be sad, which is absolute bullshit. Ending a relationship is sad and it hurts and it sucks, no matter if you were the one that ended it or the one that got it ended on or if it was a mutual decision. It's never an easy decision to end a relationship. You got into a relationship with somebody because you loved them, especially if you're married. You married somebody because you thought you were going to be with them forever. And when that ends, it's fucking sad. It's so sad. And you do have to grieve. Even if you were the one that ended it, I've been on the ending side and it sucks. It hurts. And and I don't think that you get as much leeway from people as you do when you're the one that is left. I think people tend to baby the one that was left. And I think that's another reason why sometimes friends will abandon ship because they think, oh, you hurt my friend and you did this to my friend. But it's like, it takes two to tango. There's a reason that a relationship ended that has to do with both people, even if one person ended it. I mean, that is, I don't think that's ever really going to go away. I think people are always going to judge the person that left and think that they don't have a right to be as sad as the other person. I think that's just kind of human. But how you balance your happiness and your sadness, I think at some point that the sadness can overwhelm the happiness, like the grief. And then I think that the scales tip at some point. I think at one point you wake up one day, like now I wake up and I have no sadness. I mean, it's been years now and I shouldn't, but there definitely got to a point that I woke up one day and was like, oh, I can breathe. I feel okay. Like the sadness is gone. I've like the grief is gone. And I think that all that takes is just time. I don't think that there's any coping mechanism or tip or trick to to make that happen faster. I think you need to get over the guilt. You did what was right for you. If you are truly happy in your heart, you feel like it was the right decision, then it was the right decision for both of you. Because if you weren't happy with him, then he could never have been happy with you. Last question from Shelby Smith. But before I do my last question, I'm going to do my Patreon shout out because... I usually do it at the very end, and it's been a minute. My patrons are Amy Long, Molly Mayhem, Karen Kuzminski, Vintage Dreamer, Rachel McLeod, Alexander Franks, Jen, Sarah Elizabeth, Tia Marie, Chloe Kingler, Courtney Martin, Michelle, Nikki Thompson, Shelby Franks, Fasano, and Monica Baggin. Also, if you are a Patreon, you get day early access to my, sometimes two days. I try to put them on Patreon on Sunday. Sometimes they make it on Monday, but it, they're always early on my Patreon page. So anyways, last question I have is from Shelby Smith. Shelby asks, I moved on super fast when my husband and I split, but it was what I needed at the time. The new relationship blew itself. Nope, that's not a question at all. 
Uh-oh. Looks like I copied and pasted the same thing twice. So I don't know if that story was from Antonia or Shelby. So apologies to both of you, babes. Looks like there was supposed to be a question here. And I missed it. So <laughs> there are no last questions. Haha, <laughs> fooled you. Fooled you. So that is it for the week. Thank you guys so much for listening. I actually have some interesting guests coming up. It's going to be like an every other week kind of thing with the guests and the weeks that I don't have guests, I'll just be kind of rambling nonsensically. But I've actually had a good lineup of guests. So I think you guys are going to get more of that than me rambling nonsensically as I am doing now. So it is time to wrap this up. So don't be an asshole. And until next time, here's me waving like a maniac. Bye guys.